Bob Clifford of Clifford Law Offices is a name you're going to want to remember and a number you're going to want to keep if anything happens or things you want to know about. Bob Clifford joins us now. Bob, how are you doing, my friend? Hey, John. Good afternoon. Good to be with you. Bob, I was doing great. Thank you. I was uh, reading your resume, and man, you are an accomplished guy. Well, it's kind of you to say. You know, I've been practicing law in Chicago for a long, long time, and I've had the privilege and opportunity of representing people from our community and around the world. Uh, You know, when bad things happen to good people, they look for lawyers, and I've been fortunate enough to be uh, someone that they call. Yeah, and I imagine a lot of people um, call you on some of the worst days of their lives or or their families' lives. That's got to be tough, but I guess that's probably a motivating factor for you. Well, you know, I tell uh, my young lawyers, uh, we've got a 30-lawyer firm here in Chicago, and we don't write wills, we don't close real estate deals, uh, you're either badly injured or worse. Um, and the people who do what we do are uh, have a you know a mindset that they kind of are the eye of the storm, that they can get in the middle where it's calm and they can navigate around all the frenzy that's uh, in, you know going uh, on around them. And that's their job to try to shepherd you know families in times of anxiety and stress and grief and sorrow. I mean, in the last several days, I've spoken on a number of occasions to loved ones who have lost uh, children. Uh, both uh, young toddlers as well as uh, young adults. I've, I've spoken with people who are badly injured from medical events. And, you know, it's just uh, you either have the constitu- you know, the, the Constitution for this or you don't, and, and I do have it. So there you go. Yeah, and talking about traveling, and, and, you know, not to put, obviously, God willing, nothing's going to happen like this to people, but, you, you know, you represented families after the American Airlines crash at O'Hare that a lot of people remember back in 79. You're currently working on uh, with folks, uh, the families of victims of the 737 MAX 8 crash in Ethiopia. Um, I mean, what, I guess what I'm saying is you take on these these big cases but and they make big news, but at the end of the day, I'm sure it's about focusing on the individual and the family and trying to get what what they deserve. Well, that's that's correct. I mean, currently I'm the lead counsel for all the families against Boeing in the federal litigation for the Ethiopian air crash that occurred in March of 2019. And I actually just returned from uh, Africa and Europe doing depositions in those cases. And we have a big court hearing coming up this week. Uh, So when you when you work on matters like that, uh, you do. They are complex cases, but you're dealing with people and you're dealing you know, I represent on that plane, there were passengers from 35 countries around the world. Um, and I've traveled the world on that case. And the tears and the grief and the sorrow and anxiety and loss are the same everywhere. People cry just the same in Europe as they do in the U.S. and Canada and Africa. And it's, you know, part of our job to seek proper compensation for them, consistent with the rule of law, uh, and to do so in a professional, competent, ethical way. Yeah, that's but, what we do. Yeah, and you know, like I, I feel like our in our government we have like this system of checks and balances, and each of the the, the government uh, parts of government kind of check each other, and then there's the journalists that are like the fourth estate that are this extra check, and I and I and I do believe that proper litigation and lawyers who know these laws and how it affects them are a check against maybe big companies 
I mean, the threat of litigation against them or something major happens, I imagine, is a huge motivating factor for companies to be as safe as they can, whether we're talking about airlines, planes, trains, whatever. Just knowing that they may face someone like you or people like you in court and they're going to have to pay tens of millions, if not more money when things go wrong. It's a it's an even stronger motivator to keep the rest of us safe. Do you feel that way, Bob? Well, well, I do feel that way, and in fact, uh, that's been the topic of late, uh, John, in, in a lot of academic circles where we're talking about the criminalization of corporate conduct. And I, I made the comparison the other day. You know, when I was a young lawyer, uh, someone could cross the center line while drunk and kill people, and they really wouldn't uh, get much by way of fine. They, they, jail time been unheard of. Nowadays, people go to jail, and I, and I think the, the pendulum is swinging. And I, so I think the same is true on the, on the product side, whether it's an airplane or, or a drug or, you know, let's take a look at the opioids epidemic. Uh, there is serious jail time that people can be exposed to senior leadership of a corporation if they, you know, knowingly take risks with the lives and safety of other people in the community. Yeah. And I'd say I say most trend, people, that trend is continuing. Yeah, and I imagine most people would say, you know, not not to say that overregulation is necessarily the answer to things, but I think it's something that we all agree on that there should be consequences for actions that harm, kill people, and for their families. Anyways, I I could dive so deep into this discussion, Bob, after reading through your resume, but I do want to talk about summer travel this year. We're talking about roads. We're talking about bikes. Yeah, I imagine you're well, seeing a lot of cases out seasonal there. Seasonal cases. Seasonal cases. I mean. I have to tell you that we see this time of year a spike in, in certain categories of, of uh, cases and uh, bicycles being first and foremost. And, you know, sadly, in the news in the last uh, several days yeah. and several weeks have been uh, these terrible incidents where uh, motorists, uh, cars, when there's a car versus a bike, the bike is always going to lose. Uh, and so it's it's important for people who on both sides of that whether you're the motorist or you're the the bicyclist that you need to really uh, step up your game uh to practice you know safe uh, safety while you're operating uh, your vehicle where there are bike lanes and operating your bike when when you're in one uh and it's you know look we we can't fix our potholes in this city so don't even expect to get these barriers for all the bike lanes. It's just not going to happen in terms of the capital costs that are associated with it. So the best defense that you can have uh, is to, uh, if you're riding your bicycle, you know, make sure that you're you're wearing helmets. Make sure that you have the proper reflective material uh, on your bike. You know, remember that the rules of the road apply to you. You know, you're supposed to be going in the same direction of travel, not going the wrong way on a one-way street. And you're not supposed to be weaving in and out. And you're not supposed to go to the right side of the bus or a truck that uh, that might be making a right-hand turn. Um, it, it, because you have to be proactive and defensive. And as a driver of a vehicle, same thing. If you're going to be parking your car along a roadway on Wells, and you know that there's a bike lane there, and you're going to open your driver's door, take a look in your rearview mirror to make sure a bike isn't coming along. Oh, and yeah. as the bicyclist, though, you know, the bike, they tell you in the bicyclist, so make sure you're out of that zone of danger. So there's a lot of that on that side. There's swimming uh, that goes on. We actually see it, John, in medical negligence cases. There's a spike in surgical injuries during the summer months. Why? Really? 
a lot of, a lot of the docs are on vacation. A lot of the nurses are on vacation. So guess what? You, you're not necessarily dealing with the A-team every time you might have an operation going on. That It's fascinating to see. Yeah. As someone who fills in a lot here on WGN, I'm very familiar with being on the B team. Uh, we do our best, Bob, is what I'm saying. But... <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to go back to the cycling thing for just one moment, because yes. we've seen cases of obviously private cars parked in bike lanes all the time. And maybe, you know, and boy, I hate to try and bring up an argument between cyclists and motorists because I don't feel that does anyone anyone good. Yes, cyclists sometimes blow through red lights and stop signs. They shouldn't do this. Yes, drivers often are paying attention. So I think we're often both in the wrong. But we do see a lot of city vehicles parking in bike lanes. If something were to happen to a biker because of that, do they have potential litigation against a city or a municipality for someone violating that, or does it just depend on all the details? Uh, it, it really depends upon the details. I mean, the uh, city, uh, an action against any local governmental entity, whether it's the city of Chicago, the county of Cook, the state of Illinois, water reclamation district, doesn't matter. There is a level of immunity that they do have. Uh, we call it willful and wanton conduct. Uh, recklessness. They, you know, you may not be able to sue them for ordinary negligence, but you can sue them for recklessness. But when it comes to operating a motor vehicle, they have a duty to follow the rules of the, of the road and, and, the, and the laws that pertain to uh, motor vehicle traffic. They don't get immunity from that. So if they're illegally parked, let's say, uh, you, 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 you can rest assured that if that illegal activity causes a circumstance that leads to an injury, they, they can indeed be exposed to litigation and responsibility and accountability for the harm that's caused. Absolutely. If it's a private vehicle, will you be mostly dealing with an, and you're injured in an accident, whether they were parked in the wrong place or they hit you or, you know, are you dealing with mostly insurance at that point or can you sue an individual driver for their negligence? Well, it's it's actually both because Illinois is is not what we is what we call a direct action statute. You have to directly sue uh, the responsible party. You cannot uh, in Illinois sue only the insurer. So, if Progressive Insurance, Geico, Allstate, State Farm uh, is your insurer, they're going to sue uh, Bob Clifford or John Hansen, mm-hmm. and they're going to. But but our insurer is going to defend that case. But our insurer is only responsible for the level of insurance we buy. So frequently we see people buying, you know, I don't know what full coverage is, John. Somebody, right. I'll ask somebody, how much insurance do you have? And they say, well, I got full coverage. Well, that really is meaningless. You really need to know what level of, of insurance you have because if you uh, cause injuries that are, let's say, a jury would award a million dollars and you have $100,000 in insurance, your carrier only has to pay that 100000 and you're on your own for the 900 balance, which you either have to pay or walk down to 219 South Dearborn and declare bankruptcy. Right, right. Boy, it's all, boy, we could talk for much longer than the half hour that we have here, Bob. I got to take a break, by the way. Uh, CliffordLaw.com. You can call for a free consultation. I saw on the website 312-625-6192. That's 312-625-6192. Not, not to interrupt, John. I don't know what that number is. Oh. It's 312. It's 312-899-9090. Oh, that's way easier. 899-9090. Okay. 312-899-9090. That's why Bob Clifford's the best. It gives you the number right away. Before I go to this break, Bob, I did want to say one text. This came from the yes, 773. Sir. 
The texter says, responsible lawsuits are the only way to regulate corporations. Thank him for what he does, please. So I'm passing that along from a texter, Bob. That's very kind. Thank you. I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to take a break here on Let's Get Legal, powered by the Illinois State Bar Association on WGN. Bob, I, uh, I don't own a boat, but my brother does, and that's like the best scenario ever because I don't have to take care of it, but I get to enjoy it. But there's a lot I need to know this summer, and everyone does, about water safety. There you go. Well, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago in our first segment, uh, we see uh, uh, what I call seasonal cases. And one of them uh, is the category of where water safety uh, is at risk. And, and uh, uh, people are well, you know, uh, to remind themselves about some of the principles of being safe in the water. For an example, you know, don't swim. Don't go swimming in Lake Geneva, in Lake Geneva or in uh, Lake Michigan alone. Yes. Uh, you should always have, you know, someone with you. You should and look around, especially now on Lake Michigan. They have, have placed the uh, safety rings that can be used and, and uh, you, you know, are there for your safety. So don't do it alone, though. And then never, ever let your kids swim unsupervised. Yeah. People just think that they, you know, let their kid get swimming lessons. Now he's six years old. Oh, Johnny can swim. Well, guess what? Johnny can swim as good as a six-year-old can swim, and that's not good enough to be doing it unsupervised. Yeah, uh, You need to wear, you know, you mentioned a boat a moment ago, uh, and I mentioned Lake Geneva. I get up there a lot, and I, you, you see it, John, that you see children on these boats without life vests. Now, it's a violation of the rules, but partly because people aren't, the adults aren't prepared. They, they didn't equip their boat with the uh, size life vest for a child. And, and if you're really going to be responsible enough to own the boat, then be responsible enough to have the safety measures uh, in place that, you know, your, your guests are going to need to protect their safety. Because guess what? Even on a, you know, a, a lake like Lake Geneva, where you know, it's pretty safe, uh, things can happen, and they have happened. Storms come uh, in, so, things go crazy. I mean, anything can happen out there. Yeah. And, you know, over the winter, I was down in Florida, and I saw these kids practicing how long they could hold their breath, okay? Well, guess what? One of the kids got in trouble with that game, holding their breath. And so if you look at safety consultants, they will tell you that's just a really bad game for people to play uh, when it comes to young children uh, and uh, because it's it's very dangerous to, to do so, especially when it's unsupervised. <sighs> and then finally, and, and this may sound a little corny, but it's a really good thing for to learn CPR. If you're going to own a boat, uh, if you're going to have a pool, uh, it's really worth your while to, to take a CPR class so that, heaven forbid, something happens uh, uh, you know, poolside or at the lake when you're there having fun, uh, you can help somebody out. And and not only that, I mean, I, you know, we go back to bicycles for a moment. I know of an instance just a short time ago, John, where uh, there was a lady following uh, an accident that occurred, a, a, a bicycle so was rear-ended, and the lady behind just had taken a CPR class. She saved that guy's life wow. by knowing CPR. Uh, yeah, being a responsible boat owner is so important. I'm I'm just thankful that my brother's a first responder, so he's got everything on the list. And, you know, we've been stopped by police just for random checks out on the water, and my brother almost ex- likes it because he's like, look at all the things I have perfectly set up and ready to go. Everyone should have that list on the boat ready to go. Bob, I only have a few Absolutely. more seconds. I just have one question. Let's say you are the boat, you own the boat, and, you know, something happens while you're either driving it or people are swimming off your boat, and you don't have all the proper equipment or you didn't follow all the rules. Can you be liable for some of the damages? 
Oh, absolutely. No okay. question about it. So, uh, the, you know, listen, these are things that matter, and lawyers like me will come along and say, what do you mean you didn't have the proper life vest? What do you mean that you didn't have the proper lines on that boat? Uh, you know, those things matter, and safety uh, is first and foremost, and accountability will, will be measured against you if you don't have them. Bob Clifford, it was great to chat with you, and I hope you can chat again soon, okay? We sure will, John. Thank you for having me today. Bob Clifford of, yeah, for sure. of CliffordLaw.com, 312-899-9090, 312-899-9090, and uh, you can call for that free consultation, of course. Okay, uh, we're going to take a break, then we got the news. Now here's more of my voice on WGN.